Good morning. Next, uh, next Sunday, we're going to be jumping into Philippians. I'm really excited about that. My favorite, I don't know if it's your favorite to listen to, but my favorite thing to preach is through books of the Bible. That's uh, what I consider my bread and butter. It's what I love to do. And we'll be jumping into Philippians, which is a book uh, that is just loaded with amazing truth and hope and joy. And uh, so I encourage you uh, to, uh, to, to take that series to heart starting next week. And this morning we finish up a series on, a short series on giving. The, the first Sunday, uh, we just kind of looked at how God does expect us to give. He expects us to give sacrificially, although he wants us to give with joy uh, to the work of God in the church. Uh, last Sunday we looked at uh, the importance of, uh, of or, or just looking at how our motivation as Christians who are under Christ uh, is so much more amazing and better than even what the Old Testament saints had, even though we tend to lift them up as, I mean, how did they do what they did? And yet Hebrews 11 tells us what you have is better. And so we should be even more motivated to give our lives and, and give of our possessions. And this morning, I want us to look at the fact that we are blessed not just to, to enjoy, although God does want us, want us to enjoy His blessings. Uh, we are not blessed just to enjoy and to keep those blessings to ourselves, but we are blessed to be a blessing. Uh, that's why God blesses us, so that we can in turn be a blessing to others. The prosperity God brings us is meant for our pleasure and for His glory and for the benefit of the nations. Now, when I say nations, we're going to be talking a lot about that. What I mean when I say nations, I mean your next-door neighbor, neighbor to the individual that is the furthest geographically from you. I mean El Dorado, and I mean the deepest parts of the jungle, the deepest part of the desert re regions, the whole, all nations, all nations. And so what I want us to do is look at Zechariah chapter 8. We're going to be looking at verses 20 through 23 specifically. Zechariah, let's get some context on this. Zechariah is a book of a prophecy that's filled with a lot of hope and promise to some people that really needed some hope and promises. Uh, they, they had, uh, Israel had recently came out of exile, and so things had not been well for them. And then as they, they got back home, uh, things started looking up because they were going to rebuild the temple, and so they laid the foundation of the new temple, and man, things were looking exciting, and then there was a lot of opposition to the building of the temple, and then it just kind of set there. And so Israel was feeling very much in limbo. Is, is God done with us? Is the special days of, of Israel, uh, are they no more? But in Zechariah, God begins to promise them some great days ahead. Zechariah 8, in particular, bursts forth with, with hope. Um, here's some things that are told for us in, 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 uh, about uh, what God tells them that he's going to do. He says, Jerusalem will be called a great and faithful city, the mountain of the Lord. That once again, that they will be called his people and he will be their God. There will be a time where old folks are sitting in the streets, right? So prosperity, you know, when there's prosperity, people tend to live longer. There will be old folks sitting in the streets. 
And they're not just be sitting in the streets, they'll be watching kids play in the streets. And of course, with prosperity comes the blessing of children. And so great things are, are headed their way. It says they will know peace. That there's not going to be as bad of wars as that there has been in recent time for them. And that the crops were going to grow with plenty of rain. There's not going to be uh, droughts uh, for the time being. He says he's going to save them. He says that his purpose of these days is to bring good to them, good to Jerusalem. And he even says, it's, it's really fascinating, he says, Hey, you know those feasts, uh, or I'm sorry, those uh, fasts that we've been observing? Those, those uh, time, kind of times of mourning? We're going to switch those around. Those are going to no longer be fast, but they're going to be feasts because we're going to be in celebration because of what I'm doing for you. We're talking about some fine days arriving for the people of Israel. But what becomes obvious in Zechariah 8 is that we're not really just talking about like monetary and, and land and crops, it, it goes a lot deeper than that, than that. It's clearly seen if we really look that it's actually pointing to them that Christ, to them that Christ is about to come. That Christ is about to come. That, I mean, this is kind of winding down, headed towards the New Testament when Christ would be born uh, and, and it would mean great days for uh, the people of Jerusalem who would get to welcome Christ. Uh, in the next chapter, in verse 9, um, there's not much mystery here. It says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation is he, humble and mounted on a donkey. Does that sound familiar? On a colt, the fowl of a donkey so the prosperity here goes deeper than just hey, i'm going to do some good stuff for you your crops are going to go great it's actually christ is coming the savior is about to come it's not far away and zachariah makes so many of these promises and alludes to so much of what happens in the new testament that there are 67 echoes of zachariah found in the new testament it's essentially the new testament saying remember what zechariah said this is that and so that's the context here we're talking about prosperity that includes the coming of christ the gospel but there's even more going on here than just god's blessing coming for israel God has an intended purpose for those blessings to do a lot more and to go a lot farther. Here's what verses 22 through 23 says. Thus says the Lord of hosts, Peoples shall yet come, even the inhabitants of many cities. The inhabitants of one city shall go to another, saying, let us go at once to entreat the favor of the Lord and seek the Lord of hosts. I myself am going. Many peoples and strong nations shall come to seek the Lord of hosts in Jerusalem and to entreat the favor of the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, In those days ten men 
from the nations of every tongue, every uh, every tongue shall take hold of the robe of a Jew, saying, "Let us go with you, for we have heard the God that God is with you." So God is doing something here that goes way beyond just blessing Israel. What He's wanting to do is do something special in Jerusalem among the Israel people, so that the nations will grab attention grab the nation's attention that they'll go we've got to go see what's happening in jerusalem now i want to be careful here because sometimes uh we can misuse the scripture this verse is not written about us this isn't how scripture works you can't take a a promise that was made to certain specific people and then bring it over to the church or, or america um this was written about a, at a very specific time to a very specific group of people. The people, the Old Testament saints that were nearing the New Testament era. And they were being made promises. They were being given promises that God was about to do something special. However, I think these verses are descriptive of what God is doing not only in the Bible, but in all of human history. God, ple- God blesses a group of people with truth and sometimes possessions to have that group reach others. This goes back to the very beginning, okay? And what I want to do is, is just kind of back up from Zechariah and just look at the description of God's heart for the nations and how he tends to bless people, to be a blessing to the entire nations, to all the nations. And so I want us to start in the very beginning of Genesis 1, 28. It says, And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Okay? So go and multiply, fill the earth. And then after the flood, God again, it says, God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And so God's command to the people at the very beginning was, what I want you to do as my image bearers, as those who who bear my image, I want you to take my glory and, and put it all across the globe. I've created this world for you, and I want you to spread out, and I want there to be all kinds of people, and I want you to enjoy me. I want you to be worshipers of me by carrying my, that worship throughout the world. What do they do? Well, after the flood in Genesis 11.4 says this, Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens And let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. Okay, so what's God's command? It's multiply, go out, spread, enjoy all that I have made for you. What is man's response? Well, let's build a tower. And let's just kind of make a name for ourselves because we don't want to be dispersed. We want to all stay together and just be together. Forget what God has commanded. 
about multiplying across the face of the earth. We want to be our people. We want to make a name for ourselves. And so God comes down and He forces them into obedience through confusing their languages and essentially forming the nations Himself. If you're, if you're not going to form nations, if you're not going to spread and multiply, I'm going to do it for you. And so he confused their languages and they broke off in the nations and then they spread. Now God could have instantly gone to all those nations in an instant and said, hey, here's my plan of redemption. But for God's own purposes, that's not what he did. He chose to take a nation, to create a nation through Abraham and then to use that nation to recover all the nations. We see this in the very beginning in, in Genesis 12, 1, the beginning of the covenant with Abraham. It says, Now the Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse and, pin, uh, and, and, and in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So, and, and every time God reviews this covenant with, with Abraham, He says, I've blessed you to be a blessing to the nations so that all the families of the earth are going to be blessed through you and through the nation that comes through you. That he was not going to just bless the people of Israel, that he was going to use Israel as a funnel to get his blessings to the rest of the people, to the rest of the nations. So Zechariah is not introducing anything new when he says that because of Israel's prosperity, that the nations will come to Israel and they'll be blessed. Even the geographical location of Israel was to serve as a connecting point for the nations. We know that uh, in Ezekiel uh, 5, five says, Thus says the Lord God, this is Jerusalem. I've set her in the center of the nations with countries all around her. This was a huge trade route. And so God had positioned His people so the nations would be coming to them. We know ultimately the, the, the promises, right, are through Christ, that, that that's what's being talked about ultimately in God blessing Israel and, and, and Israel, uh, the nations being blessed through Israel, it would be that Christ was going to come through the line of Israel, through the people of Israel. In the New Testament, we see Jesus' heart for the nations. In Mark eleven seventeen, 17, we, we, we love that scene just because it's so fiery, right? Uh, where Jesus chases out the money changers, where he flips over the tables, where he has very uh, has a very righteous anger to what's happening in his house, in his temple at the time. What does he say? He says, "My house will be a house of prayer for all." nations for all nations and of course he gives us in the great commission 
Matthew 28, 19, he says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations. See, Israel had kind of gotten too big for their britches, right? They had decided, hey, God, we're God's chosen people, and so we're just supposed to be like just a storehouse of God's blessing. Instead of realizing from the Scriptures, no, you're a funnel. Yeah, God's given you great blessings for you to enjoy, but you are to funnel those on to the nations. And we see even, not just in the beginning and, and what, God, what Christ was doing, we see that at the very end, it's going to still be about God bringing the nations to Himself for His own glory. Matthew 24, 14. It says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. You know, we have a lot of people looking at the stars right now saying September 23rd, Jesus is returning. And I don't know about all that. But what I see in Scripture is that the end is much more about the mission and, and it's more missional than it is astrological. It's not based in astronomy. It's best based on the God reaching the nations with His gospel. That's when the end will come. That will be the end of the story before eternity begins. And that's why we as a church, one of our core values is urgency in gospel mission. Urgency in gospel mission. That's, who, that's what we want to value as a church. That's a good value to have because the mission is not done. It's not done. And we're supposed to have We've been commissioned to have a huge part in that mission. And we need to be urgent about it. That people die every day in all kinds of tribes that have never heard the gospel. They don't have the Bible in their language. Revelation 7, 9 gives us a picture of heaven. After this I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and language standing before the throne and before the lamb clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hand from all tribes and peoples and languages you know there's been a lot made in recent weeks about race and supremacy and and y'all, the reality is, is that heaven's going to be, if you think one race is supreme, no matter what that race is, if you want to identify with one race, and heaven's going to be a nightmare for you. Because this says, there's going to be all types of people, all types of languages. And, and what a great pleasure that will be when we're united under Christ. And that's the unifying factor not our identity in our race we see in revelation 7 9 that 
that God succeeds, that it, that it happens, it's going to happen. So this, this coming prosperity that is promised to Jerusalem and Zechariah, it's nothing new. It's the way God works time and time again in the Scriptures that He blesses people and says, now that I've blessed you, whether it's truth, whether it's the Scriptures, whether it's extra money whether it's land whatever i've given you use it as a blessing to the nations and our own prosperity that we have experienced as a people is not meant for us to simply take in and enjoy although it is for that it's to be a conduit, be a funnel to bless the nations. And, and I want to just, as I close with the application of all these things, if this is God's heart for the nations, is that He would bless people so that they could spread and, and, and bless others and spread the gospel, the two undeniable truths we must acknowledge about our place in God's story uh, are, are these Number one is God has entrusted us with the story of Jesus' obedience, His death and resurrection, to tell it to the nations. Our potential for the nations does not exist in who we are as Americans. It lies in the fact that we have long held the gospel of Christ. The Bible has been in our language for hundreds of years. Y'all, that's better than any freedom we enjoy. That's better than any prosperity, any land we own. The greatest thing, the greatest prospering fact in our lives is that we've had the Bible for hundreds of years. We've had the Gospel accounts for hundreds of years. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We may not be much. We may feel like insignificant people in a small town in South Arkansas. Many of us, when if we were asked, would humbly say, I'm not exceptional. And yet, in these jars of clay that are feeble, that are weak, God has placed the treasure of the gospel. The treasure of the gospel has been placed in us. And so we, we must realize that that's been given to us not for us to hoard, not for us to just, hey, I enjoy salvation, but to, but to get that to others. To share that gospel with others. And the second truth is that, that God has entrusted us with an abundance of possessions in a land that many nations consider blessed. Two points here. 
Let us use our abundant possessions for the nations. Okay? Don't just think about how can I get a bigger house? How can I get a nicer car? How can I expand my wealth or my territory? Ask yourself how can as I grow financially or grow in prosperity, how can I just live like I'm living and be a blessing to the nations? I'm going to give you just a very specific way this morning that that maybe through this giving series you've thought, um, you know, I, I feel like I give enough to the church budget and I feel like I'm I'm faithful there, um, but but maybe I can I can stretch myself a little bit more. I'm going to I'm going to show you an opportunity, uh, make you aware of an opportunity that is uh, going on in our work right now called Change Makers. Um, if you got Mission World magazine this week or last week, you, uh, this magazine is almost entirely about change makers. Um, and uh, in fact, there is an article that features uh, our church and our relationship with Oscar and Tammy Gaitan. And, um, and so I would encourage you, this, this magazine is free. You just need to call the church if you don't get it, and we'll get it to you. But uh, if you have that, you can go read about change makers here. But this is a giving initiative that, that our missions work is doing, and I love several things about it, and, and which is why I'm coming to you and I'm commending it to you as we end this series on giving. Um, first of all, Changemakers is focused on national missionaries, okay? So what is a national missionary? That's, that's someone that, that's like an Oscar uh, guy, Tan, that is from that country, and and they were converted, and now they do work reaching their own people. And, and sometimes they can just, most of the time, if not all the time, those people, those nationals can do more uh, of a work than us Americans going over there and doing it. And so that's why we support these national missionaries, people like Oscar uh, and, and Tammy. And so that's what the focus, these, this money doesn't go to pay the power bill up in Conway at the missions department. This goes to... This doesn't go even to our American missionaries. This will go to national missionaries. Um, that's, there's a desire that, uh, that they don't want to, you know, they know that our churches, our church gives to the missions budget. Our church has many mission endeavors that we give through to in the BMA, and they want they want us to, to they want to burden the church more. And so they're, they're asking for families in the church to, uh, on the side, beyond what they're giving to their church, uh, budget to uh, to see about giving to this ministry and and one of the greatest things about this it's a desire to stabilize our mission work by spreading out financial giving here's the reality uh, our work has been and if you're not from the BMA uh, just um, you need to know some of these things but um, our work has very heavily relied on big donations a lot of, from oil men and and thank god for those oil men right that 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 have have made a lot of money and and it's using that money for the nations but oil's not what it is right uh right now we know that is living in an oil town and so some of those bigger uh donations have decreased and so what they desire to do is hey if we had just 
families across our churches just give $25 a month, then there will be no hit when the economy downturns or the oil or, or whatever it might be if there's a downturn in that. But it'll be spread out among all the, the people of God. And so uh, their goal is for each church uh, to have five families that give $25 a month uh, to uh to the change makers. Um, we've already got two, two people that are signing up to do this, uh, two families, and so we need three more, but I think we can do so much better than that. Uh, as a church, as, as people, many of us have been boots on the ground and seen what these national missionaries can do. And so uh, the, the website is, is up there, and we'll probably send out a link and have that link to the website. Uh, over the next couple of weeks so you can uh, find it if you need to and you want to give to that. It's so easy. You go in, you put in your information, and you can set up a repeated gift. Um, and that's not a commercial that I'm timid about giving. I know that sounded like a commercial, but, y'all, that is, that is money going to national missionaries, and I think it'll, it would uh, increase uh, the health of our mission's work across the world. But also, in our prosperity, let us welcome the nations that are at our doorstep. We have over 100 students down the road at SAU. Can you imagine what that must be like as an international student? You, you, you grow up watching movies filmed in New York, you know? And then uh, you fly into Dallas, and you're like, yeah, this is it. This is what I, and, and then you drive out to Magnolia, Arkansas. What am I doing here? What is this? And yet they're coming every year. More and more are coming nations upon nation upon nation. And, and y'all, we are a church that's just been so blessed. It's been our blessing to welcome these students into our homes and to see them converted to Christ in our church, to be discipled in our church. What a great blessing we have. I want to take just a quick moment to do something as we're on this subject. I'm going to ask Hamanta to come down front right here. And I'm going to ask Mark to come over here um, by Hamanta. Now, Hamanta, if, if you're new, um, Hamanta has a desire to go in the ministry. He's from uh, Nepal. And uh, our church was able to help him finalize uh, his schooling, uh, his basics that he needed to get in the seminary. And so we were able to do that last year. And this year, he's about this week. He's about to go to the BMA Seminary in Jacksonville, Texas and start uh, his education. Amen. And, uh, and so, Mark, if you'll take this mic over here, I'm just ask Mark to, to lead us in a word of prayer for him. And I just wanted you to know that that's happening. Be praying for him. Uh, what, what God can do through our church. And our church is, I mean, our church is making this possible, folks. And so, man, I thank you. When it comes to prosperity and using our prosperity, that's what our church is doing for Hamanta here. And uh, I'm excited about what God is uh, going to do in his life. Yeah, I, I just want to say uh, I'm proud of Hamanta too. This is nine years. This is the ninth year 
that we've been, our church has been working with international students. And so we have seen some really amazing things, and he's, he's one of those amazing things, just his story. And I know a lot of you have heard his story. He came in this morning, and he had his ball cap turned around. It reminded me of my first job. My boss, we wore caps at that job. He says, boy, turn your cap around. You need to be moving fast. You don't want your hat blowing off. So he is moving fast. <laughs> he's not looking back. And that's what I'm going to pray this morning, that, that as he begins seminary, that, that he won't look back and will, God will use him. And, you know, I just have these visions of somebody from Wyatt in the future going and helping him. We talk about church planting. I would love to be a part of a church plant in Nepal. And so we don't know what God's going to do, but we've seen God work and do mighty things. And so I'm going to pray. God, we just uh, thank you for Hermanta. And God, we lift him up this morning to you. And. We pray, God, that you would prepare him, uh, that you would put him around people that will influence him, in your word, God, that will influence him. And, God, we just pray that you would help him along the way as he gets his education. We continue to ask that you put a passion in his, in his heart to reach uh, his country and others, Lord. Wherever you land him, Lord, we pray that even this week he will be, he'll be a missionary. And we just praise you for that. We praise you to be a part of a church that sends people, and we just ask that you bless him, bless him this week um, as he travels and adjusts, and we give you glory and praise for all you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, pray for that ministry as it's going to get going, the International Student Ministry at SAU. I just I feel like it's one of the most uh, amazing ministries that our church has the opportunity to just interact with with lost people that need to hear the story and uh, our partnership with the abs and um and and they've got some exciting plans this year that i can't wait to see what god does in fact our our church friendship families that uh, sau used to be over and friendship families was about uh getting students into homes for holidays and, and such and I man our church has taken that over okay and so uh, we're gonna need help and we're gonna need uh, families volunteer. We're going to try to get other churches involved, but we definitely want to uh, kind of set the standard of church, church involvement. We're going to have some opportunities uh, throughout the semester where maybe you can host a student for a day on Sunday. And, and man, we're excited about what God's doing. And, and so keep your ears open uh, for what God is going to do uh, to, to the, the people, the students that He's graciously brought to our back door. You know, paraphrasing Zechariah 8 thinking about our international ministry and again I'm so, this isn't a promise is a promise made long ago but I, I think it can apply in our situation but Zechariah 8 22 many peoples and strong nations shall come to seek the Lord of hosts in South Arkansas and to entreat the favor of the Lord Thus says the Lord of hosts, in those days, ten men from the nations of every tongue shall take hold of the robe of a Wyatt family, saying, let's go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. That's, that's the prayer of, of my heart, that we would be a church where the nations would say, would grab hold of us and say, and tell us about Jesus. What a great privilege uh, that would be. And so... The prosperity of God brings, uh, uh, 
is, is, is the, the, the prosperity that God brings us is meant for our pleasure, it's meant for His glory, it's meant for us to benefit the nations, benefit all people. From our neighbors across the driveway uh, to the people in the furthest jungle, we want to be people that have urgency in gospel missions like we say is our core value. And so um, whether it's change makers or giving through to some other missions endeavor, um, whether it's surrendering your life to go, uh, to the nations, or whether it's hosting an international student in your home. Out of your prosperity that God has given us, and He's given us prosperity, may we use that prosperity for the nations. In just a moment, we're going to have the Lord's Supper, and um, we're going to have a time of invitation, of just time of reflection for you to think about uh, God's Word and, and what He has spoken through His Word his word to you this morning i'm gonna ask you to please stand as our musicians come let's pray dear heavenly father god i thank you for the gospel i thank you that being raised in the south god i've heard the gospel as long as i can remember and god i ask your forgiveness that i take that for granted and i don't think about the fact that others have not heard that and God, I thank you for my prosperity and, and, and never being hungry, truly hungry a day in my life. But God, help me to also remember that out of that prosperity, God, comes an obligation to serve the nations, to see the nations come to know you. God, move in our hearts this morning. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. In Christ alone, my hope.